ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, IronOverload.io, hardcore podcast coming your way, episode 29. We have a really fun one ahead. This is one that you guys really want to pay attention to. Mobster, especially, he's going to be giving you some really good tips on this one. So today we're going to talk about Weightlifter's Guide to Maintenance and Gains. So this is a really good one. Um, and and your, you know, your weightlifting journey is going to start some of you are going to start in your teens, as Mobster and I did. Some of you are going yeah. to start in your 20s. Some of you are going to start in your 30s. Some of you are going to start maybe even older. So this really applies to anyone. So most people, though, assume it's going to be the younger guy. So a lot of our listeners, you're in that 20, uh, 20 to 35 uh, age group. We have yeah. older listeners as well. We have uh, listeners of all walks and sizes and everything. So – when you first start out weightlifting, I think one of the big things that I get asked a lot is a lot of impatience, a lot of frustration. I just started weightlifting. I'm not getting the gains. How do I how do I adjust, you know, my maintenance? How do I how do I you know, do I take a weight gainer? I'm trying to gain weight. And look, at the end of the day, you know, if you look at the science behind this, what do we know behind the science is that muscle memory is a real thing homeostasis is a real thing. And when you first start out weight training, you don't have muscle memory yet. And you don't have that homeostasis of being where you want to be. Your homeostasis is not having muscle on your frame. So how do we reverse that? We reverse it by consistent weight training in the gym and being consistent and build, putting in the hours in the gym. And that's what's going to pay off. Now, Mobster and I were talking about on our pre-show. We just went through a pandemic. You know, a lot of gyms were shut down. We were very iffy about going to the gym. And so we missed a lot of gym time. But what happened when we came back? We magically, because Mobster and I have been weight training for so long that right when we came back, it literally took two or three weeks. Even though we missed months, it took two or three weeks for our bodies to tap into that muscle memory, to tap into that homeostasis where we were easily able to come right back like we haven't missed the beep. Now, the first couple of weeks, I, you know, I was sore. You know, mm -hmm. my body was sore pretty much from head to toe. I kind of dove right back in there. It took a few weeks for my conditioning to come back. My body remembers where I was. It's just like a pro athlete. Let's say an NFL player, NFL running back, blows out his knee. He misses months. He can't even walk. He's on crutches. And then after four months, he starts walking again. After six months, he's jogging, doing some slow jogging. After eight months, he's got the pads back on. He's back playing football. After nine months, he's on the football field running. And it's like he didn't miss a beat. What the hell happened there? Because he'd been playing football since the guy was five years old. So even though he missed about nine months of playing football, he was still able to come back and not miss a beat because he had that muscle memory and he had that homeostasis to that point. But if you're an NFL player and you didn't play growing up and you were one of those players, you know, that – Maybe you were an immigrant, your family immigrated to the country or something. So you only got like a year in high school to play. And then you got, you know, 
you got you didn't get recruited by a college, so you didn't play much in college, and then you only played one or two years, and then the NFL team drafts you, and now you're going to the NFL, and something like that happens, you're not going to have that muscle memory to tap into. So you could really be, end your career with a, with a major injury in that, in that situation because you don't have that muscle memory. You don't have that homeostasis. So I hope that makes sense to a lot of you young, you guys out there who are young to weight trading, whether you're, in your, you're a teenager in your 20s or in your 40s or 50s, and you're kind of new to this, you really have to build up that muscle memory over time. And once you have that muscle memory, shoot, like Mobster and I, we could take a year off of weight training and then come right back in. It would take us a couple of weeks. We'd be rusty, but we we would get it. We would get back. You know, within like a month, we would be back to where we were before. Maybe not, you know, completely building back our strength, obviously, but we would get back pretty much most of all of our strength like magic and versus someone who just started weight training with us, who was a, our same size. They're not going to be as strong as us. We remember how strong we were. Our bodies remember this stuff. So very, very important when it comes to homeostasis on that end. And then we'll talk about homeostasis on the other end later on in, in this podcast. But Mobster, definitely jump in. What are your thoughts on this one? Right. So, I mean, there's the, one, one of the things that kind of made this uh, podcast uh, number 29 happen was that we quite often see guys that gain a lot on cycle and then lose a lot the moment they come off a cycle. And the suggestions I'm about to make apply both for whether you're losing your gains because you've had to stop, like Steve says, or whether you are losing your gains when you come off cycle. So there's there's a bunch of stuff that comes up. N number one and number two are, are, are kind of obvious to me, and it's frustrating perhaps for me when I see it, but only because perhaps I've forgotten what it's like to be a new guy. And what seems obvious to me is not always obvious, and it's and it's kind of silly. What ends up happening, Steve, and the guy, I kind of I kind of get the logic, but it shouldn't be that way. Is that the guys will gain for argument's sake? There's a magic number. Let's call it ten pounds on a cycle, and you and I know even with the tweaks that I'm about to suggest, you're not going to keep all 10 pounds. It just doesn't happen. Let's say it's a debut cycle. It's lovely. It's the first time, bang, 10 pounds. I would expect to keep 50, 60%, so five or six pounds. And that's why I kept back in the day. That's how that works out for me. Thank you very much. Right. Now, what happens now, and especially with the younger guys, because they're not doing these two things, is they'll gain, let's say for argument, an Anavar or Winstroll or something like that, six, seven pounds perhaps, uh, and they're also on point with their eating and their training, and they gain, boom, that's great. I look amazing. I'm pumped. I'm vascular. Doo -doo 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 -doo. I've got a six-pack I never had before, and so on and so forth. And then they come off cycle, and right, so the first thing you need to do, guys, is tweak your calories, tweak your macros. It's quite simple. If, for argument's sake, you went from 160 to 170 pounds on cycle, you cannot go back to eating what you ate, all your macros, carbs, fat, protein, that made you 160. You need to adjust your macros. You need to adjust your calories to support the new tissue. Now, you will, like I said, lose a few pounds. So it might be 160 to 165, 166. But you need to eat for what you weigh. I don't eat when I was 175 pounds, it's kind of obvious. And it, and, and it seems obvious, but that's what sometimes happens. Guys are on point on cycle with their food, their nutrition, and their training. And then they go back to their old habits and their old diets when they come off cycle after the program. You need to adjust that. That's number one. It's kind of obvious, but it's there, it's out on the table. Number two, training is the same. 
let's say for argument's sake, and I'm going to pick a lift again just because it keeps things nice and simple, that your bench press went up. You did some D-bowl, you gained your 10 pounds. Your bench press went from, for argument's sake, 100 kilograms, 220 pounds, to 105 kilograms, 231 pounds. Maybe we're lucky, maybe put on some more. What you need to do is where was you at the beginning of the training program before even the D-bowl was added in? That is your new reset point. So if for argument's sake, your base, your starting point at the beginning of the cycle before the default came in to aim for the 100 kilos to 220 pounds, two plates aside, was 60 kilos, and you worked over the number of weeks training to 100 kilos, 220 pounds, your, your new reset point, your new starting point off cycle needs to be 65 kilos. And 60 kilos is 132, so your new starting point needs to be 143 pounds. In other words, you cannot go back to where you was before and expect to hold that level of strength that you had at the end of the cycle. It's just not going to happen. It's also a reason why when we're talking about weightlifters, guys, and maintenance and gains, we don't train flat out all year. You will not, for example, come off cycle with two plates aside on the bench when perhaps you was only doing one and three quarters and then stay at two plates all year. That's just That just doesn't happen either. No athlete performs whether they're a golfer or a basketball player, pro ball, soccer, whatever, no one performs flat out at their best all year. You're always going to have an 80 or 90% of uh, 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 your, uh, at any. This is what happens with soccer teams. This is what happens with pro ball in the States. They don't bring on their stars for every single game because they know that that, that star, that pro, that top player will not be able to perform at their very best for every single match, for every single game. It's just impossible. And the same thing applies to weightlifting, bodybuilding, whatever else. It's why bodybuilders cycle off. It's why they come off gear in the off-season for two, three months sometimes. It's why they have a rest. It's why they build up to the Olympics, why they build up to the Arnold. And it's why you should take the same approach. You ease off the gas, but you must make sure that your new starting point is ever so slightly higher than the old starting point. Same applies to calories, same applies to training. One more thing. And this is something that I've seen with regards to uh, as a weightlifter's guide, if you like specifically, and this comes from the 1,000-pound uh, deadlifter, Andy Bolton, and I made a note of this for this show, was never, ever do singles in training. If your aim as a weightlifter, especially, never mind a bodybuilder, is to have a fantastic lift at the end of the cycle, uh, so you've training or with PEDs, you never max out in training, never. You only ever max out at the end, which is the day of the competition, the day of that big lift. When Andy's case, as back in the day, the day of the thousand pounds. He learned very early on that maxing out halfway through the cycle, three quarters of the way through the cycle, was only done for your ego and was only done to see where you are. But if the program was solid, if the training was solid, you just maxed out at the end because the, you did the work. You didn't look for the glory. You didn't look for the ego. What do we mean by maintenance? Because that's part of the topic title here, Steve. It's quite simple, guys. There have been periods where I'm going to be crazy busy at work back in the day, doing a manual job, even busier in, in recent jobs before I come up to essentially what I'm doing now, which is being retired. And there are certain periods of the year. Christmas is a great example. If you work in stores, you're going to be crazy busy. And the idea you're going to be crazy busy doing 10, 12-hour shifts and weekends, and all this other crazy stuff. And I've done all that back at that in the day, Steve, three or four weeks without a break, 12-hour days every day, that kind of stuff. You cannot, it's almost impossible. I would say you cannot gain. So maintenance, what does maintenance mean in this example? I mean, I would ease back off, Steve, to about 80% of my regular workout numbers 
and I would plug away. I might go from four times a week down to two times a week, but I would just keep the muscles stimulated. I would, you see this with pros where they go to the gym and they just go there for a pump. They're literally just trying to keep the muscle they got. They're not trying to add new muscle. They're not trying to put a, 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 a new separation between the pec and the delt. They're not trying to do any of those things. They're just hanging on to the muscle they got, not trying to improve, and just literally stand as I am. And in my particular case, and I'm sure Steve was the same, and plenty of other athletes, we go, right, I'm going to be absolutely crazy busy at work or project. If I'm a super-duper athlete on the TV, maybe I'm going to be doing a lot of TV work. Maybe I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, personal appearances. There's no damn way I'm going to be benching five, 600 pounds if those are my numbers. So I go to the gym and do 400. You know, it's, and then you tweak these numbers for you. So if you are a young and upcoming bodybuilder, weight, whatever else, you go, right. Now, this period of time, crazy busy. I'm at school. I'm at college. I'm trying to get my diploma. I'm trying to get my degree. I'm not going to try and max out on my bench. I'm not going to try and max out with the amount of muscle gains I can have. I'm going to hold on. For two or three months, how long, however long it takes, it was always about a month and a half for me when I was doing those crazy kind of jobs back in the day, and just do two sessions a week, get in there, get stimulated, get the blood moving around, hold on to the muscle I've got, and then get back to work and do what I've got to do. These were literally the only two days a week I was ease off the gas at work, and the rest was foot down on the floor making as much money as possible. So it doesn't matter whether it's that or decorating your house or the missus is having a baby or a degree at university, or any of those things. Maintenance in that situation is keep the diet exactly the same. Change nothing. Just just keep the calories and the macros, the protein, the carbs, the fat, dead on the nose. Don't try to sweep them down. So lose weight, try, try to adjust up the gain weight, and do the same in the gym. Go in at 80%, get your work done, do a solid hour, and then get, and then get back to the thing that's important right now. Knowing, as Steve said, with the homeostasis, no matter what, even if you lose a few pounds, literally that's all that's going to happen. And it's not, oh, my God, I've lost three pounds. Oh, my God, I've lost six pounds. Because it's going to come back double quick. I'll tell one more story, Steve, and I've mentioned this to Steve in a pre-show. I mentioned it on the forums. Back in 2016, I had uh, the, probably the worst back injury I've had. And it was literally a case of wear and tear for doing crazy stuff in the gym, nonstop, without breaks and ignoring pains and discomforts and so on. To the point where I was walking around on crutches, I was hanging off the lamppost, people were helping me to the door, this kind of crazy stuff. And eight weeks laying on the floor and eight weeks laying in my bed and everything else that I had to do around the house was just agony, Steve. It took me half an hour to do the washing up because I'd have to lay on the floor, this kind of crazy stuff. So what training did I do? Nothing. I think I did grippers. I'd be laying on two folded up duvets and doing grippers just as a way of doing something for myself, probably for my sanity. But in terms of my weight training, there was no, there was no gym work. There was no steps. There was, it was steps was getting up and down to go out to the door. The postman came, that was it and just agony, stopping in the middle floor for a rest, all this kind of stuff. So I knew that I would lose some muscle, some strength. That's just a given. But it wasn't a problem. And it wasn't a problem with me thinking I was going to be screwed or whatever forever, because I knew from experience, Steve knows from experience, that whatever I lost, and it happened to be about 10 to 15 pounds, I will get back real, real, real quick. I did all the physio. I did all the rehab. I, I, my diet is less because I'm just not needing to eat in, as much. I'm not burning any calories. I'm literally laying around the house most of the time. When I go back to the gym, I felt like I could have probably got, done my rehab. Twenty to thirty kilograms, kilograms on my bench press because again, I know that that's going to come back. Now, one more point, guys, and there's something else. If you have got those tweaks in place, if you have reset the nutrition, like I've told you, and reset the training, like I've suggested, there's one more thing, which is kind of issue for 
hindering gains and perhaps making losses happen regardless of what I said. And that's overtraining. So overtraining is it's kind of it's difficult sometimes to appreciate what you're doing in the gym and you're fucking yourself up without realizing. I've seen occasionally, fortunately not too often, where guys talk about training six, seven times a week. Or even when they have what we would call a rest day, they're actually really physically active. So they're not in the gym lifting weights, but they're climbing mountains, they're riding the bike, they're doing lots and lots of stuff. Now, again, I'll refer to the time back in the day when I was working crazy hours and doing heavy duty shifts in a factory job, big physical job. Would have been real, real, real easy had I been able to do the training, my regular level of training, to overtrain. And what happens with overtraining is you get tired all the time. I'd have been tired just from the work, but if just tired from the gym stuff, I would have been eating the same, lifting the same weights and actually shrinking. Uh, you start to have problems with sleep patterns when we know how important sleep is and so on. So one of the tricks, and this is a bit more difficult to teach, is to be analytical in your training and appreciate perhaps when you're doing too much. And a buddy of mine, I've mentioned recently, just passed away. Uh, I, I teased him back in the day because he had a habit of adding to his training every new technique that he'd read about that week. And so my hour, hour and a quarter training sessions were compared to his four-hour training sessions, and I was convinced he was overtraining. And proven, although he was a super strong guy, that I would beat him in competition. And for me, if he'd have done the same level of training as I did, he had a much, much better chance of kicking my ass. So it's, it's real easy, and we've all been guilty of it at some point, Steve. You know, where if the, the logic is if I do five sets of my biceps and they're 16 inches. If I do 10 sets, they'll be 20 inches. No, they won't, guys. They'll be stringy. You'll be worn out. You won't be giving your tendons and your muscles a break. So you have to be careful with it. Now, PEDs can allow you in a similar set of circumstances to do what would normally be without performance enhancing drugs, overtrain. All that they're doing is they're upping your nitrogen and your ability to work out and your ability to recover. Even with PEDs, we can overtrain. There's no way I would get back in there and, and, and do crazy stuff and expect it. I have deliberately overtrained, but this was in the last week or two before a competition, and I'm deliberately doing that, giving myself plenty of time to rest. And so I'm super compensating at the end in terms of my recovery. But you have to, those are the things. So maintenance is holding on to your muscle, avoiding overtraining by literally just doing too much, guys. You must reset your diet point to accommodate for the new muscle that you gained on with or without performance enhancing drugs, a cycle, and the same thing in terms of your training. Do not expect to go back to the same level of food or the same amount of sets and reps and weight on the bar that you did and hold on to the tissue that you've just added. There's no reason for your body to do it. And this is what Steve kind of means by homeostasis. Your homeostasis is essentially your body saying, this is where I need to be. And when we train, we're trying to force it not to be comfortable there. We're trying to force it to be comfortable, for example, going from 200 to 230 pounds. If you don't make it, it won't. And if you're not resetting the diet, there's no, no nutrition to hold you at that new level. And if you're not resetting the training, there's no training. The, the, the sets, the reps, the weights, there's nothing happening. If you did the same thing all the damn time, why would you expect the body to change? You must reset the diet and you must reset the training. I know it's kind of sensible when you think about it, guys, but you cannot do that by just, for example, cruising or doing a sports TRT or TRT or whatever you want to call it and using the drugs specifically to hold on to it because you should have tweaked the other two first. 
Steve and I do not cycle all year round. The best of my knowledge, neither Steve nor I are both on TRT because we're not. And we are definitely 100% bigger and more muscular and stronger and losing more weights than when we started in the gym. 100% has to be. And that's the reason why we're bigger and stronger than when we were back, 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 back then. I weighed 175 when I was 18. I'm 313 last Friday. Uh, that's that's <laughs> just, If I was still doing the same weights as when I was 18 and still eating like when I was 18, I'd be the same size. It's as simple as that. It sounds kind of obvious, but it's one of those little things that sometimes we need to tell you about to use it. So a couple of things, you know, when you're using steroids and lobster kind of touched on this earlier, but it's very important, especially with a compound like Trenbolone, for example. And I use Tren because it's an extreme example. When you go on Trenbolone, your strength is going to, and even in your mass as well, is going to go sky high. I mean, you're, you're going to be doing more weight than you're ever going to do in your life. You should be setting personal records when you're on trend. So when you come off trend, which you have to come off a trend, you can't just run trend, you know, and just stay on trend forever. Cause no. let's say you did. Okay. Let's say hypothetically, you just decide I'm going to stay on 300 milligrams of trend or 400 milligrams of trend forever. Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't want to lose my strength. You're not going to just keep getting stronger. What's going to eventually happen is your body is going to go get so sick inside that you're pretty much going to, it's going to be counterproductive. You see what I'm saying? So you cannot improve in a linear fashion, no matter how much you want to. So we've seen these guys who suffer from bigorexia in the bodybuilding world on social media. I, you know, I'll use Rich Piano, for example. And I hate doing that because I know that he, you know, was a good guy. You know, I, I think, yeah. I think he was a good guy. Um, and I met him a couple times and um, he said some controversial things out of anger and all that stuff. But I think deep down he was a good guy with a temper. Um, and, but, but my point is with Rich Piana, he had bigorexia and in his situation, he could not accept that he could lose even a centimeter of muscle. He couldn't accept that he could use a pound of mass. He couldn't accept that he could lose any strength at the gym. He had to always be improving always in a linear fashion. So when you do that and in his situation, just staying on gear, year round at dosages that are abusive, your body eventually will shut down and you'll eventually die. You know, and, and the reason homeostasis even exists, and I talked about homeostasis at the beginning of the podcast, the reason it exists in the first place, mobster, is to keep us alive. It's a yes. survival mechanism yep. that nature. has to be there. And in nature, there's seasonal cycles. Okay. Fruit, for example, which is what we evolved consuming we evolved consuming raw fruit but we did not have access to the same fruits year round certain fruits that our ancestors two million years ago were eating they could eat certain fruits this time of year spring then in the summer another type of fruit would be in season then fall another type of so the constant seasonal changes where our ancestors would always let nature dictate but now we have access to bananas year round we have access to melons year round there's all kinds of varieties we apples oh my gosh they make apples in labs now the varieties of apples that you buy in the supermarket they make them in labs they're pest they're pest resistant you know they have to be shipped thousands of miles so we have access to the same fruits year round now and the same foods year round now so it's up to us to cycle and it's very important to accept that when you use anabolic steroids, you're also getting older. 
So it's normal to take two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, yeah. one step back. And eventually, once you get Mobster's age, Mobster, you know, he his strength, he's hit, you know, world records. It is not realistic for him as he gets into the 60s to continue hitting world records. And if he tries to do what he has to do to hit world records, he's just going to end up injured. So homeostasis not only keeps us alive, but it also prevents injury. So it's important when you run trend and then come off trend to accept that you're going to have to do less weight in the gym. You're going to have to, you know, adjust your diet where you're not eating as much because you're not going to be able to hold that mass anymore. It's going to come off and you have to accept it's going to come off. So that's the mind fuck that a lot of people go through when it comes to anabolic steroid use. And it's the mind fuck that we go through because we're used to in our teens, twenties and, and halfway through our thirties of knowing nothing but improving. But once you get into your thirties, you start getting injuries, your body gets older, the wear and tear, you start falling off. This is why professional athletes, you know, in most sports, once they get in their mid thirties, they start falling apart. And some of them are able to keep going a little longer because they take really good care of themselves and they're freaking freaks and they have their nutrition and, and everything on point. But most all will fall off in their 30s. And it's sad. It's sad to see that. And in bodybuilding, we see a trend where guys last into their early 40s if they're really, really good at good at it. And then they start falling off. But it's sad because you become fans of these people. But you have to accept that they're not going to always be good. But it's a good thing, too, because it gives the younger guys an opportunity to come and take their place, too. So it's kind of a cycle. You know, it's, it's a cycle that you have to go through. So you really have to accept my point is you have to accept the homeostasis is there and muscle memory works in your favor as you get older. Okay. But the wear and tear on the body and homeostasis trying to get you back to where you should be to, to be healthy is not going to be on your side. So if you force things, you end up injured, sick, or even dead. So monster getting on that a little bit. Why don't you, Give us your final thoughts before you take us in the disclaimer and, and talk a little bit about your final uh, tips and tricks on this one. Yeah, so one more tip, and you just mentioned it, funny enough, professional athletes, and I remembered this, and I've actually said this again on, on, on the forums. Um, one of the things you can do, and Steve's please quite correct, that I'm 58, I'll be 59 next year, and very, very close to 60, about 18 months, something like that, 19, 20 months. Um, will I be benching crazy weights will i be doing crazy things with grip when i'm 60 no uh, so the trick with when i was pro ball soccer a dart player a snooker player whatever is to do something else steve literally do something else do not choose to carry on trying for example as i've done the last three years to bench 170 kilograms 352 pounds my best back in the days 418 it's never going to be 418 and in a few years it, therefore if you run 70 Maybe my PB when I'm 60 will be 140 kilos, 308 pounds, three plates aside. So the trick is to reset. And especially, for example, and I've seen this with other guys that I've competed against, doing something else, taking up another sport, taking up another aspect of the strength game so that you can become good at that, but appreciating that you're never going to be quite as crazy strong as you was. In my case, my absolute best would have been around, I think, my mid-40s. Uh, and again, that's because I trained a long time and that applies to every of the listeners. If you start in your teens like Steve and I did and you carry on, your peak will come later than the man in the street. It will be 40 to 45 in terms of your out and out physical strength. We have that advantage. But 
60, 59, 58? No. So you choose something else. Like I said, take up arm wrestling, choose a lift you've never done before. Uh, if you're in the gym, choose to work a muscle that you've never done full focus on. Just or choose a different sport. Take up golf. Just become really, really good at something else. And just do the weight training because it makes you happy. And just to keep a little bit of tissue on so you still look like you work out. So like I said, guys, there's a few things here. But number one and number two, tweak your diet and tweak your training. Reset the starting point. Reset, as Steve says, your homeostasis, where your body goes back to when you come off cycle, whether that's a training cycle or a PED cycle. The new point, the reset point, your homeostasis should be slightly better than it previously was. And you make that happen by tweaking the diet and by tweaking your training. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. Is our view and is based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment apply.